of the adventures of Robin Hood. Robin Hood and the Tall Powerful. So here I go. Ah, when the king comes home, that's music all birds of April sing. In those four words for me, the king comes home. Alfred Noyes, Robin. 
and leggings of chain mail. On his head, under the palmer's hood, was a skull cap of steel and a great sword at his side. Presently, a man, running swiftly, came across the fields and spoke to him for a short time. The palmer listened, and his face grew very grim. Then he spoke a few words to the messenger, who salted and sped back the way he came. Soon the bishop of Erfurt and the small cavalcade came slowly up the hill, and the palmer rode forward and salted him from my lord, he said, permit me, I beg, to ride with you through the forest. I hear that there are outlaws about, and I would be safer with a veteran's company such as yours than going on alone. You are welcome to ride with us, Holy Palmer, answered the bishop. I fear greatly that my men will afford to a small protection should be robbing his tactics. Through the leafy avenues of the forest, they went, and about noon, they noon came along, came to a long, grassy ride with but few trees scattered about it. Under one of these, not far from the road, half a dozen men, dressed in rough clothes of shepherds, were busy skinning and cutting up mules and sheep. The bishop rode up to them, full of righteous indignation. What are you doing And how dare you kill the king's innocent, contrary to the forest laws? We are shepherds, answered the leader, and, and we are with our sheep in the bill of war pastures. But today we have decided to eat Mary, and so we have killed this fine fat deer for our dinner. Impudent fellow, gasped the bishop. You shall, you shall smart for this under the king's law. Therefore, make haste and come along with me, and you shall go before Prince John, who usually hangs deer slayers for him for the first offense. Oh, mercy, oh, mercy, cried the shepherd. Oh, pardon us, I pray. It, it ill becomes the man, irreverent and merciful profession, to take away so many lives. No mercy, no mercy, replied the bishop, imitating him. No mercy for such as you. Therefore, make haste uh, and hope that Prince John hangs a lot of you. Then the shepherd suddenly drew a horn from under his coat and blew three motes upon it. And while the bishop sat gasping in surprise and growing fear, the forest all round gave up tall large bowmen in Lincoln Green, who came running to the shepherds, who were, drew off their coats and showed they were also dressed as foresters. What is your good? What is your will, good master? said Little John, bending a little before the leading shepherd. 
here's the bishop of Hereford replied Robin Hood, throwing off the last of his disguise. He he proposes to hang us all, and will and will grant us no mercy. Cut off his head, master," said Little John, and bury it under him, and bury him under this tree. Oh, mercy, mercy! cried the bishop, tumbling off his horse and kneeling to Robin. I have no, oh, have mercy on me! Had I but known that it was Robin Hood, I'd have gone some other way. No mercy, no mercy, answered Robin, imitating the bishop in his turn. Before, therefore make haste and come with us to my dwelling place. Little John blind his eyes, and some of you do light the light for his followers, and take up the deer. The tall Palmer, who had sat watching this scene, spoke now for the first time. Good Robin Hood, he said, I am not of this man's party, but rode along with him for your company. Nevertheless, I cannot sit by and see a bishop done to death without raising him to help me. I have fought the holy man with King Richard, and and crusade was against infidel Saracens, and for defense of holy church, good Paul answered God in majesty. With you, I have no peril. But come with us now, taste of our hospitality, and be sure that the only justice shall be done. But first, you, will you swear by the holy sepulchre, which for which you have fought, that if we do not blindfold you, you will never betray the secret path to my dwelling place. I swear, answered the palmer solemnly, and they set forth, Robin leading the bishop's horse on one side, Little John on the other, lest his reverence should chance to stumble among thieves. Meanwhile, Maid Marian had been left alone in the secret court, with only Beatrice, the wife of George Green, to her, keep her company. They sat before the cave, talking and lashing the gray goose feathers into arrow shafts, while the morning stole on the moonlight. Robin will soon be back, said Mary. We had news that the Bishop of Hereford had passed through the forest this morning, so we may expect guests for dinner. I hope the day will pay well, laughed Beatrice. I hope she she stopped suddenly and gazed fixedly at the barking. What is it, Beatrice? asked Marion. I saw I thought I saw a face there in the ferns, answered Beatrice. Yonder, yes, they are sh- shaking still. Even as she spoke, the bre- the breaking parted, and Prince John strode into the glade, followed by a small band of armed men, 
Swiftly, Marion whispered something to Beatrice, who went hastily into the cave, and then she returned fiercely to the fort in its charm. So there's a tig so here's the tigress in her den. At last, Marion, after all these years, we meet again, and not to part so speedily at this time. Come, there is no escape. Our horses wait beyond the rocks, with my good forester, who tracked you down last. Robin Hood is too busy with the good bishop of Hereford. I made sure of that before I came. Marion stepped backwards quickly, took a horn from her belt, and blew a wasahoa call on it. Then she snatched up the sword which Beatrice had brought her and stood on defense. Black, back, you wild beast, she exclaimed with John. Prince or prince or no prince, this sword is between us and I can use it as well as any man to defend myself until Robin comes. Quickly, cried Prince John to his men, catch hold of her, and then away. Curse you for your slowness. If, if you had caught her quicker, she could have not have sounded that horn. Now every moment we delay, we are in danger. Two of the men closed in upon Marion, who disappeared, one with a quick turn of her wrist, and then, after a few moments of desperate swordplay, laid the other dead on the ground, while Betris, with a blow of a cudgel almost worthy of George Green himself, felled the first assault. Expert fighter though she was, Marion could not stand long against five armed men, and although she wounded one of them seriously the, and knocked another sword from his hand, she was overpowered at last. Now we will have her, said Prince John, exultantly. Come quickly, my beauty, or we'll have that loose hound on hunting me come barking round our heels for this bitch cries flashing scorn and loathing marion struck john across the face with an angry oath he raised his hand to strike back then the arrow whizzed between his thumb and the first finger cutting him to the bone had robin not just run nearly half a mile almost as fleetingly as one of his sherwood near the arrow could have transfixed his hand and he might have had the son of Ma magna carta by by proxy john spun around cursing to find robin Already halfway across the glade, his sword drawn in hand. Prince John, shouted Robin, you must be tired of fighting with a woman. Turn and fight with me instead. 
at him before snarled John. It is Robin Hood, Yetla, a great reward to the man who kills him. Quick, you curs, he's the only one. The men charged at Robin, who set his back to an oak tree and fought like one possessed. Get round the behind, shouted Robin. I can't leave the girl. She is dangerous. A princely speech indeed, sneered Robin. And striking one man to the ground, he spun around, jumping back. As he did so, he agitated and agitated the other tree. Prince John flung Marion forcibly to the ground, drew his own sword, and drew sheeply near Robin, waiting for a chance to stab him on the back. But his eyes were fixed so intently on his intended victim that, that he failed to see several figures in Lincoln Green drop quietly from the rocks behind the cave. A moment later, he was seized from behind and held firmly while the tree sur surviving men at arms, seeing Robin's men, turned suddenly and ran for their lives. But, but not far, several arrows fed from among the trees on either side lay, lay them dead along, long before they reached the secret path out of the glade. Slay him not, but find him and place him in the cave, said Robin to the men who held Prince John. Then he turned anxiously to Marion, but she was already on her feet, shaking down her, while Betris emerged from the cave, armed with bows and arrows, too late to be of any help. Now, said, said Robin, when order was restored, and the bishop of Hereford with his followers had been brought into the glade and set down on the grass. Now we will have earned our dinner. Come sit down at my table, my lord bishop, and you good old palmer, and let us see what appetites you have. You live well here. Friend Robin Hood said the Palmer as he watched the preparations for dinner. But we earn our keep, smiled Robin. Yet you kill the king's deer, remarked the Palmer. In that, answered Robin, I hold that we break no just law. For you, you, for you, who are outlawed, we are outlaws, and so without the law. But I hold that we were not outlawed lawfully. It, it was John's doing, and that is the minion of sh the sheriff of Nottingham. We dwell here and set the wrong. Never yet did we hurt any man knowingly who was honest and true. 
but only those who, with or without the law, on their side robbed innocent men, or oppressed them, or did aught against the honor of a woman. They call me a poor man's friend, for I take from the rich and give to the poor. But never have I taken from true knight or worthy priest who held their vows sacred to and strove their life according to our Lord's teaching. I never harmed huntsmen who, who tilled, who, who tilled, who tilled the ground, nor shepherds minding flocks, minding flocks, nor any who got their living by honest labor or by honest or by honest skill. But I have indeed made prey of those among the clergy, be they simple priests or bishops in their metrics, who oppress their flock, who cheat and rob and lie and follow the pleasures of the world, contrary to their holy calling. Holy calling. Come now, good Master Palmer. We are at least thieves of honor, and you do not dishonor to our to your own noble calling for dining freely with us. That is, unless you shrink from eating the king's beer. Shrink, Theo, the Palmer laughed hard of you. Why count I count it? as my own faith to and faith i am as hungry as i had if i had walked all the way home from jerusalem and as thirsty too then the, when the meal was ended robin turned to the bishop my lord he said gravely you have dined with me this day come drink with us till he returns and his speedy return, then pray us and be gone. So you charge for your meals, said the old power, Palmer, said the Palmer, and, and you drink to the king's return, outlaws though you be. We own it to the king, said Robin, answering answering only the last part of the question, for after all, our meal is borrowed him, borrowed for him. But never have we forgotten, nor could forget, while our horns ring through Mary Sherwood, our loyal toast to our most royal master, outlaws, the king, the king, and this return from the crusade, cried everyone present, leaping to their feet, cups in hand. Now, Bishop, said Robin, curtly, curtly, have you money with you? But a little, answered the Bishop nervously, not two hundred pieces, and they are not mine, 
I carry them to those who fight in the king's quarrel against the usurpers and the tyrants. Search him and his followers and his baggage, commanded Robin. And then turning to the palmer with half, with a half smile, he said, Good sir, do you have money with you? All that we collect in this way goes, now that the king's ransom is paid off, to those who are in want, the poor and oppressed, the widow of the orphan and the orphan. I know not what I have, said the palmer. Sometimes it is much, sometimes it is little, sometimes none at all. But search me uh, and take all you find. And, and for the sake of of your kind heart the open hand it be it what it may i shall wish it were more then since you say so cried robin not a penny i will touch but you shall play our game of buffets since you are so mighty as to stalwart a man but first, the bishop shall dance a jig for us, for I see that his memory is very much more than he remembered, and will take long to court. I cannot dance. I cannot dance," protested the bishop, trying to look scandalized, but but only looking. Uh, uh, but looking only very much afraid. Some of you, ordered Robin, pick him gently in the legs with your arrows. He can't, he says he cannot dance, but I think he means he will not. and will not shout at the bishop. Oh, take, take care. I have a swollen vein in my right leg. And if you prick me there, I shall die. Prick him in the other leg, said Robin Palmer. Come, dance. And the bishop was forced to pull his, up his skirts and, get, and dance a jig, whether he would or not, while all the outlaws roared with laughter at his com comical fat figure with red angry face, and even a tall palmer joined in their mirth. Enough, 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 panted Robin at last. We have had sport enough of this kind, but now for our game of buffets. How is it played? asked the palmer, smiling. Quite simple, said Robin. You stand up, receive one buffet from one of us, and if he fails to knock you down, you may strike him a buffet in return. A fine sport, truly, said the, said the palmer, and, and forthwith, he bared a forearm, forearm that any smith 
might have been proud of and stood forward. Come, little John, said Robin, and show this good champion that all the men of metal are not are not away crus crusading. Little John rolled up his sleeve, drew back his arm, and dealt a mighty a mighty buffet. The buffet. The palmer seemed scarcely to notice it. Instead, he raised his arm and, and set little John sprawling on the turf. By the rood! cried Firetuck, Duck, drawing up his sleeve and revealing an arm like a baron of beef. Snow has failed, but let us see what what Brown can do. Oh, with that, he delivered a buffet that might have fill, filled an, an ox. The, the, oh, the commerce stayed a little on his feet. Well, Smittenfriar, he said with a smile, putting more power into his bowl this time, he laid the fat friar on his back. There he lay, gasping and shouting to be hauled into his feet again. Not much for the church midland, said the palmer, blowing on his chest, his knuckles. Ha have I now paid for my dinner, good Robin? The last blow pays all, answered Robin, stepping forward himself. I have bowled over the friar before now, and stood up to this his buffet too but i am mortally afraid of you you mighty man but then the palmer braced himself for the blow and and robin and robin smote with all his might the palmer rocked perilously on his feet but neither fell nor gave ground now my turn good king of the forest said the palmer and he smote Robin Hood to the ground as if he had been a nine pin. You have the best of us, laughed Robin, when he had found his feet again. By Our Lady, you are the strongest man I've ever met. Say now, good Palmer, will you not doff your habit and come dwell with us here in the Greenwood? It cannot be, said the Palmer. A note of regret is... In his voice, for I go about the king's business. We do the business here, as I have tired to show you," answered Robin. But the palmer only shook his head and smiled. Here is one who goes about the devil's business," exclaimed Little John at his point and handed and hand, handed Robin as a letter which he had just ripped from the lining of the bishop's gown. Robin read it. His brow grew dark. By the mass, he exclaimed, I minded to hang you from the nearest tree, Master Bishop. Spare me, shrieked the bishop, flinging himself to the ground. I had no choice. See you not by 
whom that letter is signed. I see, answered Robin, and that reminds me, we have a prisoner, one who assaults women when no man is by to protect them. Bring him before us, little John. So the prince, so Prince John was led out of the cave and sit before Robin. But then the tall palmer saw him. He uttered an exclamation and throwing back his hood, he stepped forward and comforted the prisoner. Prince John looked him face to, in in the face once. Then he turned ghastly color and fell groveling on his knees. Richard, he gasped, King Richard, my brother, come back to punish me. Lose his bonds, commanded the king. Now go swiftly and sin no more. Prince John staggered on his feet, reeling and, and ghastly pale. His horse was brought to him. He clambered upon it and galloped widely away. Then, when he was out of sight, King Richard turned back to Robin Hood, who knelt down before him, an example which was speedily followed by the outlaws. So soon as a whisper had gone round of, it is the king. Pardon, my liege, said Robin. Stand up again, said the, said the king, raising Robin. Stand up. My friend, I freely pardon you, and all here present, except for the grace of Hereford. Robin, I have heard said of you and your doings are spoken of throughout England, and that Lady Marian lives still in a maid until I, the king, return to give her hand in you in marriage. Is it this true? It is, my liege, answered Robin, and Marion came and stood beside him and slipped her hand to his. Then, then here and now I give her to you, said the king. My lord of Hereford shall join your hands in his holy matrimony, with Friar Tuck to act as clerk to, for him. And that good deed shall wipe out that it what is past. Bishop, perform your office and then back to your own place in the middle for no more intrusion. So Robin Hood and Maid Marian were wedded there in Sherwood Forest with Richard Courier the Lion to give the bride away. And after that they set forward for Nottingham in triumph, Richard riding at, at the head of them all, with Marion at his side and Robin beyond her. My lord of Huntingham, said Richard as he rode, your lands and titles are restored to, this, to you this day, but I will take from you all those of your late followers who will serve me faithfully. England has many foes. The strong arms and true hearts are needed to before we have peace indeed. 
they came into Nottingham like a triumphal procession after a great victory. Polderham left his cloak on the field and ran to see the show. The smith let the iron grow cold upon the anvil, and aged the anaphirm rose from their beds and hobbled to their doors to cheer for King Richard, King Richard and Robin Hood. But the sheriff fled away in haste and was not seen again in Nottingham while King Richard was there. So that was chapter 21. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see you later. Bye guys!